It's December 29th, 2021, the last day, uh, well, the last uh, Bite Marks Cafe for 2021. I want to welcome you to the, to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Brian Dote from Tapiki, and he's here to tell us about the upcoming science fair and the call-out for judges. And uh, then we'll be joined by Ian Kitajima from Oceanet and Lauren Name from Kamehameha Schools, and they'll give us their perspectives of what we might expect in 2022. So now, let's just jump right into it. And, and uh, Brian, of course, is with uh, Tapiki. He's a principal there, and he is uh, here to tell us about the Hawaii Science and Engineering Fair and what it is that uh, qualifies you to then enter into the, the state the larger, larger state uh, science fair. So, uh, Brian, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Bert, thank you for having me. So, Brian, you've been a you've been a judge for uh, the science fair going on a number of years now, and I know you've been uh, putting out the call for for judges. But before before we get into you know what qualifies somebody to be a judge. Uh, what are some of the regional activities that are going on that kind of feed into the, the larger state science fair? Sure, sure. Thank you, Bert. Um, the science fair basically comprises of school fairs where schools run their own science fair. Um, sometimes schools have their own fair. Other times they just select projects to move on to the district level. Uh, I'm the judge coordinator for the HAIS district science fair which is a combination of all the HAIS independent schools. Um, from this science fair, people are selected to either move on to the state science fair, which happens a month thereafter, um, as well as the international science fair. So in past years, the HAIS fair has moved on two students um, to compete internationally, and then a number of students to compete at the state level. So it's schools, then districts, then state than international. Ah, I see. And and so this is kind of a oh, almost like a what a year-round activity, right? I mean, you you start in you start in the fall. I mean, it's going into the spring, and then of course once you get to the states, and then and then on to uh, uh, international. I mean, you're well into summer, right? Yeah, I think the um, so state so ours is in February. Mm-hmm. So presumably students have started at the beginning of fall. Um, then it rolls around the new year. They compete at the district level in February. Um, those that move on compete at the state level in March, and those that move on from there compete at the international level in May. So, um, yeah, it's basically the whole year, the whole school year. Yeah, yeah. And so, so Brian, I mean, in terms of uh, recruiting judges, I mean, what kind of folks are you looking for? Oh, we're looking for all kinds of folks. Um, Anyone that has subject matter expertise in any of the science areas is welcome. Um, you know, from, I mean, I could read off the list, but it's, it's quite, quite extensive. Mm-hmm. Any, anywhere from animal science to comp sci to chemistry to medicine to robotics, uh, botany, physics, astronomy, et cetera, math, so many subjects. But if you are a subject matter expert or just a subject matter, um, like someone with experience in those areas, you'd be a perfect candidate. Because what part of the science fair is really to uh, invigorate and inspire our students to want to pursue these areas. And so part of it is, you know, being a subject matter expert and being able to ask questions about their experiments or their projects. But the other part of it is to inspire them to want to be where you are uh, and do what you do and kind of lend the perspective of our, our world in the industry uh, to these up-and-coming students. 
So it's, you know, half inspirational and half kind of knowledge-based in a subject area in the sciences. Well, I think that's that's what uh, kind of like uh, uh, excludes me because I don't think anybody wants to do what I do and, and be what I am. <laughs> uh, hey, but Brian, Brian, so during the now the period of, you know, this whole COVID uh, virtual uh, events, you know, do science fair participants and the judges, I mean, how do they how do they actually conduct themselves in this kind of new virtual world that we live in? So in this virtual world that we live in, starting with last year, um, everything has been online and, and through Zoom. So the first round is a asynchronous round where student projects are listed in a platform called Student Corner um, that was rapidly, miraculously, and heroically spun up by the Academy, Hawaii Academy of Science. Like They built that and they brought it up uh, really quick. Mm-hmm. And it's like an online online tool where you can see the student's project, you can read read their um, project as if you're looking at their board. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You can look at PDFs, you can embed videos, you can look at videos, um, audio, image files, etc. So that first round is asynchronous. All the students have uploaded their projects to Student Corner and judges go in virtually at their uh, convenience over uh, about a week's time to look at the projects and fill out a rubric and grade them. But those projects that move beyond round one to round two are a synchronous round. It's still virtual. Um, this one is where students will present to the judges in round two via Zoom. So, you know, the students are um, live and judges are allowed to ask questions live. And it's no longer a um, kind of at your own time. And it's more of a scheduled scheduled Zoom times for each project. Not oh. all projects make it to round two, mm-hmm. um, but round two is a chance for judges to really dive deep, um, really see the students for the first time, ask questions in a, in a live kind of interactive session, and really get to um, you know, better understand what the students were doing and thinking and, and observe how they answer questions and how, how, they, how deep their knowledge lies in that project. So, so Brian, if uh, people are interested in, in checking out the science fair or becoming a judge, where, where can they go? So um, I have a link, a bit.ly link, bit.ly slash HAIS2022, and that is a form for judges that are interested to sign up. And you don't have to have had experience before. Um, it, you know, if you've never judged a science fair, it's okay. If you've judged science fairs for, for a long time, it's also welcome. So anyone is welcome. They can go to that form, uh, fill out their information, jot down their areas of expertise, and then I'll reach out and contact them thereafter. Oh, sounds good. And uh, be sure to send me that link, that bit.ly link. Uh, just okay. email it to me, and then I'll be sure to put it up on our show notes, uh, which goes up uh, later on uh, later on this evening. So, awesome. uh, We'll do that. Okay. Mahalo, Brian. And Brian is going to stick around. So we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined also by Ian Kitajima from Oceanet and Lauren Name from Kamehameha School. And, of course, we'll get everybody's perspective on the brand-new year coming up. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian motor experts, and Chaminade University. Of course, welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio, and I'm happy to welcome back, of course, uh, Brian Dote is, Dote is on the line, and we've got Ian Kitajima, Tech Sherpa over at Oceanet, and Lauren Name, Vice President of Strategy and Innovation over at Kamehameha Schools. And uh, we got everybody here, and we want to all talk about uh, 2022 and what to expect. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. 
Who's that heavy breathing? Is that you, Ian? That that's me. That's oh. me. That's me sighing. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, Ian, I, I think that's a signal for me to start with you, and and, oh, no. and 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 you know, come and maybe ask you why are you sighing about the new year? Oh uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think for a lot of us, right? I mean, the last two years has been pretty, pretty, um, pretty challenging, and so um, yeah, I'm just. You know, with with the current uh, cases across the world and stuff, it's just like, man, I wonder how January is going to look. Right? <laughs> oh, and yeah, it, yeah. And yeah. It, yeah, I mean, already it's just not looking really good, right? And when you think of all this, you know, everyone's going back to school or going back to work. I mean, what is that going to be? What's that going to look like? And I, I think maybe part of the trend or the thing that we're seeing is that eventually, or we're predicting is that eventually everyone's going to get COVID, right? And mm. so, <clears throat> or how do you get ahead of that somehow mm-hmm, uh, so mm-hmm. that's kind of where the sigh is like okay how do you you know this thing is just going kind of out of control but hopefully you know uh, it's not as it's not as you know i don't want to say it's as bad because there's there's people who are getting pretty sick from this stuff already <clears throat> so right but, right yeah. right and of course you got you know you got the omicron and omicron they're saying is a little bit uh uh easier in terms of the symptoms and and maybe that uh, might be an indication of of it uh um you know, there's a higher rate of infection, but you know maybe it's a quicker kind of recovery, uh, and hopefully that'll get us out of uh, you know get us to some degree of herd immunity. But Lauren, from a from a KS standpoint, are you are you folks uh, going to go virtual in the first several weeks of of uh, January? We're making final determinations on that right now. I, I think, as most of you know, we have three campuses and 29 preschools across the state. So we're trying to make those refined um, choices school by school um, so that the needs of our community and the staff um, kind of readiness and, and kind of where they are will be taken into account. So we're kind of uh, refining or making it unique for each each of our campuses. So that's being decided like as we speak. Um, but I will say that... Um, you know, I feel like from a school perspective, this has been sort of our third shot at this. We had the original COVID, and then we had Delta going back to school, you know, in this, from summer to fall this last past school year, and then now with Omicron. Um, so while, yes, it is a little bit overwhelming because I think our staff and our administrators are pretty tired, mm-hmm. there is this kind of sense of confidence, too, because we have gone through this, and we do know what we need to do. So... Um, and Omicron is, like you said, um, showing to be, based on our own experience and, and data, um, to be less um, severe um, because of the measures that we've taken with vaccination and boosters and knowing how to test and knowing when to test and all of our other layers of protection. So I feel like there's a sense of confidence, too, so, so in knowing how to normalize our responses. That's great. And, and so there is a, a bit of optimism as you see uh, 2022 unfolding. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I can talk more about it, um, but I definitely want to leave it to you to to guide us in <laughs> your question. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yeah, so hopeful. yeah, yeah, and and we'll we'll have chance to kind of uh, uh, talk about some of the other things that uh, will probably impact uh, our our uh, reality when it when it happens in twenty twenty two. Brian, you know, you've been one of the uh, folks that at the at the beginning of the pandemic uh, took it upon themselves to report out some of the numbers and I see all your numbers. It's a regular part of my feed on, on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. And of course, I, I, I bet you never thought that you would be doing this uh, for a whole two years and probably going on <laughs> going on well into 2022. What's the, what's the count for today? 
Brian, you still there? Oh, maybe we maybe we lost Brian. No, Brian's on mute. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, like, you know, I think it was fifteen hundred or something today. Was it? Was it that high? Wow. Okay. So. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And and you know, in terms of uh, yeah. you know, all the folks that have been kind of involved with with reporting out what it is that uh, you know the uh, the infection rates are. I mean, that's a that's a commitment to. You know, get get the information and then share it out there to to everybody. So I gotta, you know, I gotta hand it to the folks that have fallen, sort of voluntarily done that. Yeah, yeah. You know, Bert. One of the, you know, as I was thinking about for the future, you know, I think one of the interesting things as a result of COVID that I'm actually kind of looking forward to it continuing is the level of service that has happened uh, in in terms of. You know, I really enjoy going to Zippies because I don't actually have to go in. I can just order everything online, right? Pull up, punch in my stall number, the car, you know, where, where I'm, what parking stall I'm in, and the food will come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> in general, I think the level of services for every place has has just gone tremendously. And you know, going through, you know, it's like it's like almost going back in time. It's like, like now there's drive-throughs. Everybody has. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. It's like, wow, this is fantastic at one level. <laughs> Services are... That's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, you know, when I when I drive uh, by uh, McDonald's in the morning and there's always a line, you know, to, to get the, like a coffee or, or morning breakfast. And, and now that you bring it up, uh, maybe they ought to bring back drive-in theaters so you, know, you can go to a theater and stay, stay in your car. I'm surprised nobody has really taken that on. Well, you know, I think, you know, as far as Hawaii goes, I mean, the real estate prices have probably pushed that mm. business model, you know, outside of the, the realm True. of, of uh, sustainability. And that's why all the, you know, all the drive-ins were uh, pretty much shut down. Yeah, hey, Brian, true. are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. Oh, okay, Brian. So the, the, the question that I had posed to you, and of course, uh, we didn't get a response because you weren't on, uh, you know, <laughs> is the fact that you've been one of the folks that have taken upon themselves voluntarily to report out the the um covid results kind of on a oh. daily basis right and <laughs> i i just got to hand it to you for having committed to do that uh even going into you know the second possibly third year thank you thank you yeah it's it's um <clears throat> i've been doing it since the start because i felt like the images and graphics and graphs in the early days weren't very helpful to us as we we're trying to understand what was going on and you know, I started doing it every day back in March, March of uh, 2020, thinking, "Nah, this won't last that long," and, and here we are. Right. You know, soon it'll soon it'll be two years later. Um, pretty crazy to think about. And 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 Brian, what was the count for today? Do you remember? Fifteen sixty, I think. Okay, so it's still it's still kind of hovering in that that. Uh... Fifteen sixty one was the statewide. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. So Lauren, Lauren. Uh, uh, from a from an educator standpoint, I mean, what what some of, of your thoughts beyond beyond just COVID and and kind of uh, dealing with you know this this hybrid environment that we live in? Uh, what kinds of things do you see happening within education that might take shape uh, as a result of you know going virtual, but still getting students to you know think beyond what what currently exists and 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 get innovative and and you know. Try new things. 
I think that um, COVID actually opened um, our eyes um, and shed light on things we kind of maybe already knew or that students were expressing, but we never really fully paid enough attention or, um, or were willing to change for. Um, things like, um, you know, having more engaged ways of learning. Um, so what the cool thing is, I think, in a matter of a couple of months, the entire education, whether you're private or public, had to figure out how to go full digital and teach that way, and mm-hmm. teach both all digital or hybrid. So we have that capability now. In addition, um, we realize that connectivity and social-emotional health and relationship is a huge part of the, um, the learning experience as well. So really figuring out what I hope to see more of um, in this next year is building on the capability of being both all digital, hybrid, in the classroom or outside and with real-life experiences that Mm -hmm. will have much more um, normed ways of blending all of that together and really having a a much better experience for for not just for the students but also for teachers and future employers too. So really excited to see that integration. Um, The other thing that I think is being built on, like during COVID, what I was so amazed by is the amount of collaboration that was happening amongst charters who sometimes, I mean, oftentimes they do work together, sometimes they don't, amongst mm-hmm. the independent schools, um, the generosity of sharing um, information and methods and troubles and challenges um, and willing to talk about solutions was, was quite um, inspiring. So I think we will have, we can build on that because I think new relationships have forged. Um, so I'm really looking, I think for that, uh, the, our, our ultimate customers who are our students and then our, of course our delivery, which is our teachers, I think they're going to benefit um, from that collaboration and the relationships that we've built. So Lauren, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you mentioned uh, a number of, of different ways that uh, teachers can, can perhaps teach and incorporate it into the, their delivery. And how do you keep um, that sense of diversity in terms of uh, delivering the content you know the the curriculum how how does how does the the teacher collectively you know experiment with all the different uh, formats and still <clears throat> you know do it in a way that's uh, uh sort of systemic across you know KS schools yeah um i think that's the part we're trying to get better at so what we've done is we've really focused on some of our are kind of leading-edge teachers who mm-hmm. really have um, already, maybe even pr- before COVID, been able to do that really well, doing both in class, doing what you do at home, and then also outside, whether it be on Aina or with um, an employer outside in the community, and connecting all of those experiences together um, has really been, I think, well, one, that, that was sort of like the, the hallmark of our star teachers, mm-hmm. but having that be something that is normed now um, and actually motivating more of our other teachers to do the same. So what, what I think is really exciting going forward is I think there'll be much more of that that's going to happen. And then, two, our um, administrators are actually going to be expecting more of that in the future anyway. Ah. So, yeah, that's, that's really, really exciting. Well, you know, speaking of uh, partners in the community, I know Oceanit has been uh, one of those uh, uh, kind of premier companies that are in the private sector that's always embraced education. And, and of course, I, I know Ian can probably speak to, the, you know, to that topic for the rest of the show. But b- before we get Ian back on, because I know <clears throat> he's got to go clear his throat, you know, we, what we'll do is we'll take a short break and then uh, we'll... Kind of hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with 
Brian Dote from Tapiki, Ian Kitajima from Oceanet, Lauren Name from Kamehameha Schools, and we're talking about the upcoming year, 2022. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking with uh, Brian Dote from Tapiki. We got Ian Kitajima from Oceanet, Lauren Name from Kamehameha Schools, and we're talking about the fast pace of things going all kinds of ways in the the reality that we currently live in. And and what we were talking about before the break was uh, some of the new, I guess, uh, modes of teaching that that. Uh, KS is is really kind of getting their their teachers really geared up to continue the best practices learned as a result of you know teaching in this sort of hybrid environment and 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 I was kind of teasing the fact that Ocean has been a pretty active participant in incorporating sort of the private sector work along with with educating and getting people exposed to new new ideas uh, especially in the area of of AI and machine learning so Ian. If you're ready to yeah. share yeah. some of those thoughts, I mean, how do you see that happening uh, in in 2022? Uh, I, I think part of you know, I think for a lot of us, you know, COVID forced us to do things real different. And uh, that's to Lauren's point that she was making. Um, you know, I, I think at one level it it was really hard to make those transitions, but we just had to do it. And at the same time, I think there were so many benefits because now, um, you know, when we do a lot of these partnerships and the work we do, the students and the teachers many times that really could, you know, benefit even more, um, they, you know, they, they're, they're on the neighbor islands, but we can't reach them, or it's very hard to reach them. Now, with Kamehameha support, we, you know, we've, we've gone to the neighbor islands and have worked closely with uh, different schools, but I think when we had to all go virtual and do everything remote, I mean, that, that was a big shift. But I think at the same time, it allowed us to to reach more students and bring, you know, these kind of game-changing uh, things that are happening, at the very least, to expose students to what's going on, right, in terms of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And machine learning. Because that's the, that's the world they're going to walk into. I think most of these students today are going to be part of that generation that won't even have a driver's license. They're going to just call an autonomous Uber, that's going to come and pick them up and just drop them off wherever they want. They won't. They won't have to have cars and insurance and have driver's license in that sense. So, um, I don't know. So I think that's part of it. And at the same time, I think one of the things that I've noticed more so because I've been, you know, working from home for the last two years, which you know about ninety five percent of the time, I really appreciate when I can get together face to face. I think there's a I think there's a, for me at least, there's a greater appreciation of what I was missing, um, you know, by by not physically being with people. And so I think that there's that shift. Hybrid is probably the new norm, mm-hmm. but not full virtual. I, I think that's, you know, so hybrid will be the new standard. And, um, and yeah, and I think, and again, because of, because of that, we'll be able to bring more and more innovations and ways of doing things in new ways. Uh, to teachers and students across the state of Hawaii. And, you know, I'm so grateful to Lauren and Kamehameha Schools for all of their um, partnership and, and trust uh, to do these kind of radical things uh, for our young people. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, and, and Brian, you know, in terms of uh, the technologies that we are often using in this hybrid environment, I mean, what's your observation? Are, are students embracing that? Are, are things like uh, uh, test scores showing the fact that they are capable of, of using this technology? And, and if it's not correct, I mean, it's not reflecting the, the you know, the ability to learn and, and uh, achieve uh, based on this sort of hybrid, uh, we may be kind of creating a bit of a digital divide amongst the ones that don't pick it up as quickly as others. I mean, what 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 would you say would be the solution to that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, from, your, from the earlier part of your question, I think that the, the tools that we're using today for uh, remote learning or remote work are actually old tools, and they've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. It's just that the entire world all at once and all together we're forced to embrace and use them. Um, some people for the first time, some people have been on, you know, Um, FaceTime or similar technologies forever. Uh, So I think the tools need to be updated to to meet the expectations of today. Um, To Lauren and Ian's point, you know, there's a loss of connectivity. There's a loss of being um, truly connected and truly communicate over these platforms. And and in that gap, I think, is where learning isn't as easy, um, work isn't as easy, and, and a lot of the what I'll call the kind of the relationship between teacher and student or worker, uh, employee and employee is not as, is not as robust now. Um, and, you know, I've seen, I've seen test scores from certain schools, you know, after the pand- after the first year, and, and there's definitely a drop in some of the assessment. So in some situations, the, the digital tools are, are making an effective means for folks to learn or work. Um, but in other situations, that's not the case. And, and it's not, it's not ubiquitous, and it's not uh, equitable across all communities, right? So, so you know in the work that you do as well, there is a digital divide, and there is a lack of access. And, and some of that is social, and some of that is technology, and I think that, that's the challenge that lies with the future of hybrid learning um, is how to, how to make it so every student can be successful in a hybrid environment. Right, right, great. And then, you know, Lauren, I mean, in the last kind of – a minute or so. I mean, what what do you think? What do you think uh, of what Brian's observation is, and and how would you, perhaps, uh, from a from a Kamehameha school standpoint, address potential digital divides that might occur as a result of uh, students perhaps not picking up on this hybrid environment as quickly as others? Yes. Um, so during COVID, we definitely number one had to assess. What did every um, family have or not have and address that? Because we, we said we, we need to. We need to figure it out and um, get the resources there. So they were actually, and not only on our schools, but also in our community. We have community resource centers and regional um, staff who are paid quite, quite good attention to what um, our schools and our families in Y and I have or don't have. So mm-hmm. they actually mobilized pretty quickly for that. Um, but in terms of, yeah, the experience that kids have, I think it is very, very different. And so... Our, um, uh, our principals and our, our teachers have done a really good job of checking in a lot more during COVID. And I think that part will survive and continue to make sure that we have different ways of seeing how kids are doing. Uh, so not just looking at, you know, your standard um, tests or quizzes and things like, or, and waiting for the, the parent-teacher conference, but on a much more regular basis, checking in with students and families. Now that's great, Lauren, and I think it, what you know the message is uh, one size doesn't fit all. So there's got to be a, a customization of all the different uh, modes of, of of teaching. 
Brian Dote is with uh, Tapiki, Ian Kitajima, Tech Sherpa over at Oceanet, and Lauren Name, Vice President Strategy and Innovation over at Kamehameha Schools. I want to thank them all for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about the annual Pacific Telecommunications Conference coming up. And of course, uh, if you miss any edition of this uh, podcast, you can catch tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And of course, uh, you can uh, provide any comments or suggestions by emailing me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You stay safe. You stay awesome. And, of course, Happy New Year, everybody. And we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.